One of the biggest casualties of the COVID-19 pandemic has been to jobs. Lockdowns and travel bans have put unprecedented pressure on the global labor market, with tens of millions of people affected. A company with a front row seat to the life of the white collar worker is LinkedIn, the world's largest professional networking platform. In the UAE, the equivalent of about half of the population, four million people, are members of the site. LinkedIn's crunched the numbers on job postings and new hires amid the crisis. And it says there are reasons for cautious optimism as we enter what we hope will be a new normal. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. Kelsey Warner, our future editor, is with us. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, Mustafa. Good to be here. So you've been uh, reporting on this story? I have. LinkedIn released their Q2 data on hiring and job postings, and it made for some compelling reading and some actually some hopeful reading. So I'm looking forward to the discussion we're going to have today. Uh, and to that end, uh, LinkedIn's Ali Matar joins us down the line. Um, he is the head of Europe, Middle East, and Africa Emerging Markets with LinkedIn. Um, of course, most of you listening will be aware of, if not on LinkedIn, and understand it's a networking site for those looking for employment, in employment, looking to develop their careers. It, a really good barometer, perhaps, for where uh, the jobs market is at the moment, where companies are at the moment. Ali, thanks for joining us. Um, that data you've got, um, what, what does it tell us? Sure. First, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Um, I think we've seen the uh, beginning of March, uh, once uh, once this COVID uh, started hitting our region here, we're starting to see uh, a steep decline in terms of the hiring rates. And that's somehow uh, in line with what you've seen with the rest of the world when, this, uh, when the pandemic hits them. Uh, the downturn has stabilized toward the end of April. That's something, and that's why we're saying we are cautiously optimistic as of May, we have started to observe an upward trend and the pattern of slow recovery, which is, as I said, in line with the global trends. So, Ali, I want to, I suppose, put this into context a bit. So hiring through LinkedIn was down 60% year on year by the end of April. And going into May, it started to pick back up again. But some sectors fared better than others. Can you dig in a bit to which ones proved resilient through the tough time? Uh, just to give a bit of context to the, to the audience here, we look at our hiring rates uh, year on year, and we look at the number of hires over the number of members we have in UAE, which uh, Mustafa mentioned around 4 million members. Uh, today, uh, we have categorized three different uh, industries. We have the resilient industries, the flat industries, where we have not seen material changes upwards or downwards, and we have what we call the adversely impacted. These are the industries that got really a big hit in the, in the last three months. So if you think of the resilient industries, um, again, we have uh, categorized them into three different uh, sub-industries. Uh, the first one would be the software and the technology, which has been probably the strongest and the most resilient for obvious reasons. And we have seen, as a matter of fact, an, an increase in hiring by almost 66%. That was followed by healthcare, and uh, again, uh, during the, the, the last three months, we have seen a lot of uh, 
uh, interest in hiring more nurses, more doctors that are very relevant to the pandemic. And we've seen an uplift of around 28% year on year. And the corporate services, which are more likely the shared services are supporting what's happening in the frontlining, we have seen an increase of 14%. So if you think of all these different industries, that's what, what uh, somehow defined the, the resilient category. When we talk about the flat one, uh, we start seeing things are changing and changing either upward or downward, but as I said, in, in not in a material way. Uh, we've seen, for example, in the um, uh, banking industry or the financial services, we've seen an uplift of 0.8%, which is more or less a, a flat, uh, a flat uh, behavior based on pre and uh, current uh, situation. When we look at energy and mining, we've seen an increase of 1.3%, which will be, which mainly driven by the increase in um, hiring in the utilities industry specifically. But oil and gas, which sits under the energy and mining in our data, have shown a decline by 6.6%. And finally, on, in the flat industries, we have seen the manufacturing part, which uh, it's, uh, again, uh, it dropped by 5% uh, year on year. Uh, the biggest uh, category or bucket where we've seen the material changes are what we call the adversely impacted uh, category. And we've seen retail uh, dropping by almost 60%, which is pretty massive, followed by airline and tourism, hospitality, tourism, hotel, restaurants, and airlines by around 51%. And we've seen um, industries like engineering and construction, which even pre-COVID, we're starting to see a bit of softness in that, in that sector. We've seen during the last three months, there is a drop of uh, more or less 14%. And in terms of go, you know, the, seeing some signs of cautious optimism, is there a bit more colour you can kind of walk us through on 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 that side? So yes, what what, what we're trying to see here, and that's what you're saying, is a bit cautious. Is like it seems from the data that uh, the worst is behind us, uh, assuming there is no wave two or whatever uh, big changes that will again create a big shock uh, to the system. And by doing so, uh, we're starting to see um, things are getting a little bit better. As a matter of fact, this is somehow as well in line with what we've seen, for instance, in China. And uh, we've seen in China, uh, which again gives us a bit of an indication because they started earlier to us, we're starting to see a bit of recovery. But also we have to be very careful here. We're not seeing that there's growth in opposed to what happened pre-COVID. And the fact that we have millions of people worldwide um, out of jobs, it's, uh, it's going to be a journey that will take a few years before we go back into, into a better uh, economic situation. We've also seen, uh, Mustafa, for instance, in Europe, especially, for example, in France and Italy, things are starting now to, to get back to uh, places uh, much better than it was in March and April. And that's why we are a bit optimistic here. So, Ali, for the last few months, LinkedIn has had more of a captive audience than it probably ever has. We've all been, you know, tied to our laptops at home. And so what are you seeing in terms of LinkedIn's user engagement? Has anything changed in Q2 over last year? What are people interested in right now? What are they doing? Uh, that's true. We've seen, for example, content creation has increased almost uh, 50% year on year. We have seen, for example, conversations on the platform in terms of uh, liking, sharing content, uh, commenting, 
increased 55% year on year. These are big numbers to see that big jumps in figures. Uh, we've seen, for example, LinkedIn Learning, which is our uh, portfolio of over 16,000 courses in different languages. We've seen by the month of April alone globally, over 7 million hours have been consumed in courses related to stress management, to remote working, to people management, which is very much relevant to the current situation of working from home. Um, and in that, uh, in, um, in one week in April, we have seen, for example, a week-on-week -week increase of almost 50% in terms of uh, that consumption. Today, LinkedIn as well has uh, over 278 courses that in normal circumstances, these are built courses, but now we've opened it to the public for free, which gives the opportunity for our members to learn new skills and to invest in themselves. Prior to COVID-19, UAE had one of the lowest work from home rates in the world. You know, less than 10% of people said that they work from home two days a week prior to the pandemic. Are you seeing any uptick on LinkedIn job postings for flexibility on remote work in the UAE? Actually, that's a good point. Uh, we've seen that remote uh, working jobs, in, uh, jobs posting related to remote working has increased by almost three times the way it was pre-COVID. So uh, uh, the, the, the short answer, yes, we have seen that. And I would relate that to different reasons. There were a lot of people who were skeptical in the past that working from home wouldn't work. While uh, when we've pushed uh, to do that, it, it showed that it does work. Now, I'm, I'm a big believer of a hybrid model that at one point in time, uh, we will miss those social engagement. We would need to go back to the office, especially when it comes to projects related to innovation, projects that needs collaboration. So moving forward, uh, while we'll see more appetite for companies uh, to allow their employees to work from home, I would probably see a situation where employees themselves wants to go back to the office because they find that they can probably be more productive on the longer term. So a hybrid model is a model that uh, we're seeing probably going to be uh, more sustainable in the future. We, we have to, you know, as you said, be, be fairly cautious about a lot of the indications we're getting now because there's so much we don't know, both about the public health crisis and the impact for the economy. But certainly, you know, you're seeing anecdotally people talking about uh, trends, digital trends, whether it's work from home or e-commerce, accelerating really, really quickly. Um, in terms of you know the kinds of of jobs of the future that you know LinkedIn's identified in the past, whether that be data science or or other other roles that there'll be more demand for. And I wonder, is it re is it region specific? Like, will the Middle East lag a little bit behind Europe and other places? I, actually, what we're seeing from the current data in hand is a reinforcement to this. We're seeing, for example, the fact that um, industries related to technology, to internet, to software and hardware uh, are um, up uplifting their uh, hiring by almost 66%, especially around jobs related to coding, computer engineering and others, which were, which were already in demand prior to COVID. We're seeing the fact that a lot of companies have been pushed to, to accelerate their digitization plans, we're seeing more demand in those type of things. That said, we're also seeing more demand on things related to customer engagement. 
uh, and uh, we've seen um, more companies trying uh, to hire people with the, with the customer relationship management experience, which tells us as well, and I'm talking here mainly around UAE, which tells us as well that uh, there's still that service-oriented oriented, um, uh, focus uh, in, 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 in regards to, to those type of jobs in the future. Ali, from your point of view, um, you know, the, the, the data that we're getting now not just from LinkedIn, but elsewhere is, is giving us a chance to perhaps see a little bit ahead about where we're going to be in terms of not just the labor market, but the wider economy. Uh, but from what you can see, the vantage point of, of LinkedIn having so many users, um, not just in this country, in this region, but around the world, is, is there a perceptive shift in sentiment? Are people actually indicating they might be becoming cautiously optimistic about the future? I think there, there's uh, there's what people would want to to believe, and there's what we're seeing uh, uh, in reality, and everything in between. I think I think, uh, uh, and that's like a, somehow a personal opinion by talking to our members, talking to our clients, and having conversation even with our own employees. We all would love things to move back to the old normal as fast as possible. But in reality, there has been some damages. There has been some damages in some industries, as I just mentioned, especially around the airline, the hospitality. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm personally optimistic that we're probably going to have an accelerated recovery, but we cannot uh, assume uh, that things will go back to normal in a very short period of time. This is a global pandemic. It had a, a big impact. We've seen people losing in millions their jobs, and that would require some time. And I think members are engaging in, in a similar context on the platform. LinkedIn's Ali Matar, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, guys, and uh, thank you for having me. Kelsey Warner, the National's Future Editor, thank you also. Thanks, Mustafa. Before we finish, here are the other stories you need to know about on the national.ae. The severe shock of the coronavirus pandemic and measures to contain it have pushed the global economy into the deepest recession since World War II. That's according to the World Bank. Saudi Arabia's energy minister urged members of an alliance of oil producers to fully comply with the historic pact to cut output. And Namir Kirdar, the founder of Investcor, responsible for landmark private equity deals for Gucci, Tiffany and Saks Fifth Avenue, has died at the age of 83. That's it for today. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe or leave a review. All that remains is to thank our production team, Arthur Edison, Aisha Khan, and you all for listening. Please join us again next time.